She's been a fixture of the Washington scene in promoting U.S.-Arab relations for more than a quarter of a century. Uh, first, working with the Embassy of Kuwait in its congressional and informational affairs and outreach activities. And then from there, more recently, with the Kuwait Petroleum Company in the Washington office, and still more recently as a principal in Energy Links uh, Limited, Elizabeth Wilson. She's also a member of our board of directors. I'd be lying if I, if I said I wasn't intimidated. I am highly intimidated right now. <laughs> Uh, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon and welcome to this afternoon's session. I have the honor of introducing our next speaker to you, and I hope you are ready for something a little different. I promise it'll be purposeful and fun, some soft, soft diplomacy. <laughs> At, uh, yesterday afternoon's final session here, we heard from the speakers a great deal about global educational challenges, particularly from the perspective of the Middle East. While Saudi Arabia is sending some 30,000 30, students for higher education here in the United States alone, Qatar Foundation International is on a mission to break stereotypes and build bridges through cross-cultural collaboration, starting with children in approximately the middle school years. Still, you may be wondering how puppets and marionettes belong at a serious policymakers conference. It actually makes a lot of sense. For one, puppets have been a cherished form of informative entertainment in the Arab world for centuries. And what better way to get at the root of this year's ambitious theme than to bring things down to a level we all can understand. Here to help us share, maybe even demonstrate, how we can create bridges of understanding is Sesame Workshop's Chief Operating Officer, Mr. Mel Ming. Mel is here today because the Sesame Workshop is imparting its own form of diplomacy, affectionately dubbed Muppet Diplomacy, to address difficult issues facing today's preschoolers and he will be giving us his perspective on this, as well as speaking to you about some exciting plans for the future. Sesame Street, as we all know, is one of the most beloved, well-known, and longest-running children's program in the world. Behind this iconic brand is a dedicated organization with more than 40 years of experience that works hand-in-hand -hand with media on an unwavering mission. That mission simply is to help children, rich and poor, learn basic skills to carry them through life. Currently, children in over 140 countries share a common experience with Sesame Street. They have also been able to uh, co-productions in over 30 countries that have engaged children on a culturally relevant level. But Sesame programs go far beyond teaching ABCs and one to threes. They also address issues of diversity, respect, understanding, cooperation, and community. And more recently, the creators of the programs have ventured into addressing 
um, in very creative and age-appropriate ways, complex issues such as conflict resolution, love and death, and even the issue of economic hardship. Furthermore, Sesame Street's key comparative advantages is that it empowers its audience, giving children the gift of seeing themselves in a positive light when sometimes it seems the world is shrouding them in darkness. With a cast of colorful characters, the show builds self-esteem, empathy, and demonstrates what we all have in common. In the Middle East, the original Iftaya Simsim was first launched in Kuwait some 30 years ago, and it made quite an impression. Why? Who could forget gruff Mr. Gargour and adorable Coca? In a sprawling studio in Kuwait City, a broad group of educators, together with stakeholders from all over the region, built something impressive and special to the delight of thousands and thousands of children and, of course, their parents. Now, the good news is that Sesame Street is in the process of being reintroduced in the Arabian Gulf on a whole new and, no doubt, creative, very creative level. So, here to tell us all about this new development is Mr. Mel Ming. For over 10 years, Mr. Ming has been leading the workshop's mission, leveraging the power of media to help all children reach their highest potential. Among his duties are overseeing the content, product licensing, research, and communications and business strategies of the workshop. In the interest of time, I encourage you to read more about Mel's impressive background in the programs. Now, please join me in welcoming Mr. Mel Ming. Thank you, Elizabeth. I don't need a riser to stand on. I think I'm a wee bit taller. Uh, your introduction is not just kind, it's so complete. I don't know what else I need to say about Sesame. I am indeed honored to be here. Uh, your, your Royal Highness and the noted dignitaries, it is a privilege uh, to stand before you in such an august body. Uh, and to speak about something, if you let me, I will talk about it for, I don't know, three hours. But I don't have to, because as Elizabeth just mentioned Iftaya, I saw smiles and just looks of welcoming. So many of you in the room know the story of Sesame. So I'm going to, um, it's a, just a real honor to be here. And I know you're diplomats, and you have some very difficult subjects, and you have to deal with uh, international relations, but for a little guy from Sesame Street to be here, it is indeed a delight. Now, I know you ask, what possibly be, could be the connection between uh, diplomacy and the world that you live in and a children's show called Sesame Street? What? Grover, the question is, what are you doing here? What, what am I doing here? <laughs> well, 
look at how I am dressed, Mel. You look very nice, Grover. <laughs> I look sporty and sophisticated is what I look like. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, you look sporty and sophisticated. Well, thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but why, may I ask? Yes. Are you as sporty as you are? Well, well I, I, is this Mel, 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 Melly, Melly, Mel, Mel, Mel. Yes, Grover. Is this not a big meeting for diplomats? Grover? Mm-hmm. Yes, well, it is. that yes, is why is. I'm here dressed like this. I am here as a diplomat. Wow, that's great, Grover. It is, is it not? Oh, I love being a diplomat. Would you like me to do some diplomaty stuff for you right now? Sure. Oh boy, oh boy, yes, yes, of course, yes. Watch and be awed at my diplomatiness. Diplo, diplo, diplomat, diplo, diplo, diplomat, diplo, diplo, diplomat, Grover. Yes? What are you doing? What am I doing? I'm being a diplomat, of course. Uh, Grover, hmm? I think you may be confused. Do you even know what the word diplomat means? Of course I do. A diplomat hops up and down and yells, Diplo, diplo, diplomat! Diplo, diplo, diplomat! Stop, stop. Wait, Grover. That is not what a diplomat does. It is not? Uh, I'm, I mean, uh, of course it is not. <laughs> I knew that. A diplomat does something completely different. Um, what does it do? Oh, a diplomat does this. Grover, Grover, that is not what a diplomat does either. You're kidding. Diplomats don't wubba? No. Well, they should. It is very freeing. Come on, everybody wubba with me. Wubba, 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 wubba. Come on, give me a wubba, Mel. Wubba. Very nice. Thanks, but it's still not what a diplomat oh, does. Who am I kidding? I have no idea what a diplomat does. Aha. Uh -huh. <gasps> Grover, hmm? a diplomat is someone who practices diplomacy. Is that anything like a glockenspiel? No, Grover, practice. No. Diplomacy is when you're going places, mm -hmm. meeting people, treating them with respect, engaging them, all beyond your own land. Oh, now I see. So a diplomat is someone who can get along well with others? Absolutely. You see, diplomats have to be really good at getting along with other people. In fact, diplomats go from one country to another country to bring messages of peace, cooperation, and friendship. Well, that sounds like very important work, Mel. It is. Work that spreads goodwill throughout the world. It does. Ah, oh, boy. I wish I could meet some of these cute little diplomats right now. <sighs> well, Grover, hmm? it's possible because this room is full of important people and diplomats. You are kidding me. These people are diplomats? As a matter of fact, Grover, many of them are. Well, I am very excited to meet you all. 
You are an inspiration. And it is my dream that one day, I, cute and furry old Grover, could be a diplomat just like you. Well, Grover, hmm? I'm here to say that I think you are a diplomat. I think you and your friends at Sesame Street go many, many different places and countries with messages to people of friendship, education, and fun. Huh, I guess we do do that. I guess that means we really are diplomats, huh? It sure does. In fact, that's why we're here today, to celebrate with these fine folk the special kind of diplomacy Sesame Street practices around the world. Wow, we are here to celebrate Sesame Street diplomacy? Well then, let us celebrate! Wubba 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 Uh, Grover, I have a speech to give. Can you wubba someplace else? Oh, of course, of course. But before I go, I just want to say, keep up the good work, diplomats, and have a great conference. Now, well, if you'll excuse me. Yes, Grover. Thank you, Grover. Bye. Bye-bye. Wubba 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 wubba. So now that you've seen the real guest speaker, I guess I can retire. I, I, I was really looking forward to this, and I got to the uh, reception uh, table or whatever it was, and I was looking for a name that say it said uh, Mel Ming. That's me, right? I didn't find one. Instead, there was a special, uh, what do you call that? Name tag. Special speaker, Grover. Uh, I am one of the most privileged souls on the planet Earth, because I get to work for Grover and Elmo and, and characters like that. And just for a few minutes, I want to share with you the story of Sesame Street. You may not remember anything that I will say, but you will remember Grover. What we've learned for the past 40 years is that uh, these funny, furry, cuddly kinds of puppets have a way of connecting. And if you can get the focus off the puppeteer and get it on the puppet, there can be real learning, real fun. And after all, don't we learn more when we're happier? We've learned that. So just a few things about Sesame Street. Now, how do I work this gizmo? There you go. Sesame Street started in the 1960s, at a time in the US when uh, there was great social unrest, uh, real issues of uh, respect, a nation looking for its roots, uh, bad economy, poverty ruling the land. Was there a way to do something for the children of our land? And two things came out of those early days of the Great Society program, if you're familiar with American politics. And the two things that endured was Sesame Street and the program Head Start. They started about the same time. And so even though there was a lot going on, one night at a dinner party, there happened to be two people at this dinner party uh, who got into a conversation about this thing called television, the idiot box. And one of the persons was a uh, producer of public affairs working for a local station in New York City. And the other was a foundation executive. And they were comparing notes. And the foundation exec said something to the producer like, why is it that my daughter, who is four years old, 
will sit and stare at the test pattern on the television. Television is off. It's just these bars in colors, and that little child would sit and stare at that. And the producer said, I don't know, but maybe that's worthy of some further inquiry. And what it led to was, if this instrument that is so powerful that it will mesmerize a child, even though the pictures aren't moving, what's its potential to really engage them and to teach them? So one of the things I've learned and been just happy about is, often as I do uh, speeches, uh, I'll run a video. And of course, you watch the video. You don't hear a word I say. So if we can have you watch the video and have Grover take you around the world and, and expose you to cultures that you don't, you don't know of, wouldn't that be a powerful mechanism? So Sesame started, and last year, in November, we celebrated our 40th anniversary. Now, the beauty of what we get to do is, while we're 40 years old, this little not-for-profit organization, NGO in New York City, we think we're the most researched program ever. And there's not one uh, cell of animation or one picture that you see on a Sesame Street show that a child has not watched and given their approval just by their engagement. So if it works for the ch children, then we think we're in pretty good shape. Uh, Sesame Street's the longest street in the world. And I'll go so far as to say, Mr. Lacey, the sun never sets on Sesame Street. <laughs> I use that line often, particularly to our staff. And I tell them, even though the sun doesn't set, we at Sesame Street, we are not colonizers. We are teachers. And we are best when we go to a local place and we find those persons that are interested in using moving pictures to teach. And we work with them and have them prepare curriculum, produce a television show that is for their kids. So I'm in South Africa and I'm meeting with the head of SABC, just a dynamic young man. And I said to him, so what do you want from us? What do you want from Sesame Street? And he said, Mel, here's what I want. I want a show that's not American. I want a show that's not necessarily international. I want a show that is global, where our children see themselves. And then I want our children to see other children. And I want children to see what they have in common, such things as truth, respect, respect for elders, respect for each other. And if I can have my children see that there's a place in the world for that kind of behavior and value, that's what I want from Sesame Street. So while we celebrate we're a long street, what I celebrate more is that there are 30 of those signs where all of the production is done locally. It's done by locals, for the local children, and for the most part, it's, support, it's supported by uh, local economy or local uh, champions. So there are some bright lights on Sesame Street. And some have to be brighter. This image, a little girl, two little girls. And yeah, there's this thing in the middle that somehow gets them smiling. And will connect them around some value. Uh, it may be what's written on the paper. But it may be that maybe we should get along. 
It may be that my hair is in plaits, yours has one braid, anything. It may be, while there are differences, there are lots of things that we have in common. So our Muppets, as diplomats, try to stress that which is positive, that which is common, and it comes from a mission where we believe every child on planet Earth deserves an opportunity to reach their highest potential. And if their teachers, their elders, their leaders can define what that is, Sesame wants to work with them so that each child on the planet can be a fulfilled citizen, but starting with a happy, respectful, learning child. So that's what we do. Um, there are some characters here, and they each represent a local version of what the local educators thought would be important. So starting at the top, there's Bangladesh. Now Bangladesh has had a rich tradition of puppetry, marionettes, and what we learned at Sesame Street, that our ability to make moving pictures with their puppetry, we could come up with a pretty good curriculum made in Bangladesh for the local children, and that's the number one show there. Egypt, oh, we've been in Egypt now for, I guess, 15 years or so. And the stories we get back from Egypt of little characters on uh, toothpaste uh, boxes where the show has gone beyond that and teaching hygiene, why it's important to wash your hands, why it's important to brush your teeth, any number of things. Now in the United States, we put Elmo on broccoli. Message, you don't have to eat sweets all the time. You can actually eat a healthy meal. Uh, Indonesia, a very uh, troubled area of the world. Diversity is an issue. Uh, that's a local Muppet teaching lessons in Indonesia. India, uh, we launched in India four years ago. And now we are about to see another version of what the show in India that I think will probably be one of the most interesting and highly creative uh, shows you will ever see from Sesame Street. What we're hoping is this production network can have work from India be a part of a Sesame Street that is aired in Palestine or Holland or America. So by creating this global network where the content is really local, we're permitting a kind of diplomacy where bridges are being built and expertise is being uh, respected. South Africa, oh, if I could just play for you some of the music uh, from South Africa. It just thrills my soul. Didn't imagine Sesame Street could have be in four languages all at the same time with music that is just so rich and that South African children relate to. I remember I was in the airport. Robert, my colleague, uh, had me there. And we were in the airport, and there were all these school children uh, getting a tour of the airport. And my colleague, Robert Knozovich, just said, Takalani Sesame. And 300 kids start singing the theme song. That's the power of those images and those characters. So we've got to create that kind of uh, movement, I hope, in the Arab world. Now, we have a proud history in the Middle East. And there are two gentlemen, Robert, just stand up one second, please, and Faras. Stand up so folk can see you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Robert works for me. 
And this guy goes around the world. Uh, he got South Africa really going well. And for the past four years, he's come back with a passion that we must be in the Gulf. We must have a bright light on that street. We must find a way of bringing back Iftia Simpson. And then one day he comes into my office and uh, he has with him Faras. Now, uh, Faras is a little, you'd look at him, he looks a little shy. No, Faras is not shy. Now, I don't, I wish I had a way of describing what you might say in Arabic, but for me, he's the ever ready bunny. <laughs> you know, the battery is supposedly running out, but he's still going. As a result, he has introduced us and got us with Sesame programs into such places as malls, where road safety has been a theme. Uh, introduced us to other uh, broadcasters and other uh, enterprises where we can teach the value of respect and understanding. And we're hoping that with some help, we can launch one day soon uh, a show that begins with this particular soundtrack. Play it for me, please. Grover, I'm listening. All right, I don't know the words. It was there once, it is time to bring it back and to join the other partners such as in Egypt or Palestine or Jordan where the content will be made locally for the local child and it'll take its rightful place along that long street with Iftaya back on stage. So um, you may ask a question. What might it take to have the lessons that have been learned by Sesame Street applied in your part of the world or in the Arab world in a way that is truly representative of the best creative for your local children, where we're not exporting some other culture or some other American show uh, and saying this is the way you should live your life. Instead, one where the very curriculum goals are established by local educators who know best as to what the, your children need and who can partner with us and us with them to find ways to have moving pictures and Muppets teach. Muppet diplomacy is a Muppet in a moving picture speaking to or pointing out a value that will make for a better life. Yes, reading. You spoke about literacy and improvement in the rates uh, in Egypt more girls valuing education, more families valuing girls getting educated. Uh, a little female Muppet, Hoha, has become the symbol of a girl's being educated. Uh, there's work to be done, how do we do it? Here's what we need. Sesame Works when Sesame Workshop is able to partner with what I call champions for children. We don't see our show like any cartoon. If one is a broadcaster and buys a cartoon and puts it on one's broadcast channel, 
that show stays on as long as there is ratings. More people watch, you get the ratings, you sell the advertising, you pay for the show. But if schools stayed open because of ratings around the world, most schools would be closed. Kids don't find them popular. Parents find them to be a lot of trouble, any number of reasons. But schools stay open. And the open university exists because someone believes that if you can educate a child, that child will have a productive life, a happy life, and will be a good contributor to their culture. So while we need mass distribution, like broadcast, because we can reach more kids, and there are 700 million kids on the planet, uh, we reach about 100 million daily. And there's kids in your area that are not being reached because the show is not there. So a broadcaster, if he's the ultimate say as to whether or not that show get, gets broadcast, uh, that is a risky proposition because the broadcaster has to get ratings to get revenue to pay for his broadcast. So a broadcaster alone really doesn't work for us. So introduce the educator. And I was able to meet someone from the Ministry of Education. We love people from the Ministry of Education. They get why education is a long-term investment. It is not a cost. It is an investment. And if they see the benefit of doing something today and tomorrow and not getting tired and keep doing it because there will be a payoff, there will be a dividend. So if I can put a broadcaster with an educator, man, we're halfway there. Then the two other champions I need are, are, are these. Uh, a production community that values good media for kids. Now today, not many people make a lot of money doing good media for kids. If it's racy or fast and a little violent, it'll sell well. So most producers don't make a living doing that. But I will offer for you one exhibit of success. Our producer in Egypt was an advertising executive, made his money making ads. And somehow he made it through the rigor, the gauntlet of being selected to produce Sesame Street. And he made it through. And today, some of the finest children's media in the world is being created in Egypt by a former ad executive. So my third champion are people with a creative mind who will bring to bear the power of creating images that teach. And I put them with a broadcaster, an educator, almost home, almost home. And the last champion one needs to make this really work is a sponsoring, caring leader, leadership, uh, a matriarch, a patron, uh, a family that just says, it is important for our children to have these assets to build their minds. And if we have that, a sponsor, I call them a champion, a broadcaster, uh, an educator, and a production community, we create Sesame Street, and hopefully it goes a long time. We are successful in the United States because we found four different kinds of champions. We are successful in South Africa because we're able to find four different kinds of champions. And what they do is when the broadcaster says, oh, I'm not making enough money with this show. I can't sell advertising around it. I cannot interrupt it. The educator will say, yeah, 
but do you have a better way of reaching kids? Do you have a better way of teaching them values that will make our society great and better? Do you have a, another program that they will hear about it 30 years from now, now and they will smile? When they hear the theme song on, on Tom and Jerry, will that bring a pleasant reflection of a time past when they learned something that made their lives better? Sesame Street does that. But we need some help to make it work. So in closing, uh, I am delighted, honored, thrilled to be here. I will go any place on earth to tell the story of Sesame. And I'm hoping, Robert, for us, that in the very near future, if they are, we'll be back and we'll be big.